Hello, podcast fans. Adam Carolla here. I'm leading the fight against patent trolls who are threatening this medium. It's not about me. It's about the podcast you're listening to right now. If I go down, this show could be next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll for more information on how you can keep podcasting alive. Thank you and mahalo. This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. This is episode 57, and I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. Joining me is my podcast partner, Blake ZZ Top Fan Club President Wrong. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Can you see me stroking my long, luxurious beard? Yes. Wow, nicely done. He actually repeated what he said in the first time we did this, and this is What two. first time? Nicely this is done. The, this is, we're work. nailing this one right now, right. Jeff. What first time? Uh, our guest this evening is a legend in the industry. After a decade at GM, he taught Honda all about the world of PR and did so for nearly 30 years. He's recently retired, and now he's slumming it on our podcast palace couch. Kurt Antonius, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have you here because you have some serious insight, and we're going to dive into your world and uh, your, your career in a moment, but I do like having you here because the first thing we usually do in this podcast is talk about new cars, and so your brain will be a good one for this section. Um, so we're going to kick this thing off like we always do, Blake. Uh, and the biggest bit of new car news right now, by far, especially for us in Southern California, Toyota. Yeah. Saying they are, adios. They are moving to Plano, Texas. That's huge. It's incredible. Incredible. Absolutely how, incredible. How long have they been in Torrance? Well, they've been in California 57 years. They first started on a dealership on Hollywood Boulevard, um, in Hollywood, of course, and that dealership... That it used to be a Rambler dealership in 1957, and it's still a Toyota dealership now. Clearly, someone works for Auto Week and has done their research. I, I am a journalist Nicely of some done. sort. So the city of Torrance is about to lose a lot of money. I yeah, think that's they a said huge a million dollars in taxes a year alone. Um, it is a big campus. You're right. Yeah, the helicopter pad. It's Toyota Lexus sign. It's all of them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see employee tr- attrition. I think. I, you know, I, from a Honda perspective, a former Honda perspective, uh, Toyota was a great competitor to Honda. We fought it tooth, fought them tooth and nail for many, many years, and uh, I, it's really sad to see them leave. I, I know they have a number of reasons, uh, uh, business reasons to do it. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for a lot of their associates. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to lose some. Uh, Nissan certainly lost. A, a, I think 50%. Quite a, quite a very high percentage, yeah. and uh, I, I'm sure Toyota's going to lose some, uh, and they have their reasons for doing it. Uh, we're going to miss them being down the street. They yep. were close, good competitors, and they're still going to be competitors, but it won't be the same uh, without them down the street. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah they, and when you say down the street, people listening, they were almost literally right down the street. Their headquarters, your headquarters, your former headquarters, so close. Um, I used to. If I was going to Honda, I would have to drive past Toyota. Their their right. private secret museums are next to each other, <laughs> at locations undisclosed. Hopefully, the museum's not going anywhere for yeah, a little bit. Exactly, because it's a fabulous <laughs> museum. 
It's um, almost as nice as the Honda Museum. It is the almost, Honda Museum yeah. is great. <laughs> that, I love. See, that's fun. Have, having. have you seen? Have you seen the Toyota motorcycles? Oh, they don't have any. Oh, oh, oh snap! See, you can say that kind of stuff. NSX. Wait. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's going to be big news. Um, and also, you know, it's, think of some of these employees who might live in the communities around Torrance, including some w- lovely beach communities like the one we're recording from. The, these are guys we know, you know. And you, now you're going to be yeah. like, hey, enjoy living in a suburb of Dallas that has been in the news because it had a heroin problem years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, there's Plano, Texas for you. Sorry, yeah. Plano, Texas. If you're like Larry, sorry, Plano, Texas. You're on the air. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, I, I've heard mixed things about Dallas. I don't know. I, uh, I, I've i heard Dallas sucks and Houston sucks. I'm sure apparently. some of them will be happy to have a ex- new experience. Austin's uh, cool. Austin's they're nowhere cool. near Austin, Austin, Austin though. Austin's living is much, much lower. Oh, yeah. goodness. So they can for, buy castles. for some of their associates, they'll be able to buy, you know, big houses yeah. and... And if, it'll, it, it, and if it allows Toyota to, to continue focusing on doing some enthusiast-minded stuff, then I'll be happy. Well, and, maybe. And They'll definitely focus on trucks a lot more because the Tundra, they build it down the road in San Antonio. Right. They don't even allow cars in Texas, I don't think. No. no, no, no. That's the only reason. Which truck do you have? Oh, you make the Tundra. All right, you can come in. Toyota's going to be the new NASCAR king. There you go. That's Toyota's focus right there. <laughs> NASCAR. I, I, have a funny, I have a funny... Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because something happened in New York, and I'm sorry to get off the topic, but it's Toyota related. I was at a bar talking to uh, uh, Mr. Klingerman, who races for Toyota. Right. Uh, he races a Camry. So uh, another writer for Hooniverse walks up and was drunk and hadn't met him. And he goes, they start talking cars. He had no idea who he was, and he, and he, he heard race car. And he goes, oh, I race cars too. What do you race? And he, he goes, oh, you know, I race a Toyota. And my, our friend goes, oh, I race a Buick. Because he's thinking this kid races 24 hours of lemons. You know, nothing. And so he says, I race a Toyota, a Camry. And he had no idea that he meant, he's what series? Uh, NASCAR. You know, I'm in the chase for the cup type of thing. So it was, sorry, side story. That's, I just thought it was funny. That's really time. funny. It's pretty good, actually. Because Buick used to race a NASCAR as well. Yeah, that's the a good Regal. Point. They had the Regal um, in the eighties, <laughs> which is what Camille races in that's lemons. True. <laughs> um, but uh, getting back to new car news and changing uh, topics here from Toyota, uh, this is an interesting story that, ju- that I first saw it on Jalopnik. Uh, so Ferrari has the La Ferrari stories are about to hit. The Ferrari, I actually think La they hit Ferrari tonight. by Ferrari. Yes, worst name ever. Yes, uh, Ferrari claims, or the Jalopnik story claimed that Ferrari will fine an outlet or journalist $70,000 for breaking the embargo. Kurt, have you ever done this in Honda? <laughs> no, no. I never have thought, thought about this. Have you ever thought about it? That would have been great. You, you like the tactic. The income stream. You know? Do you uh, think this is a good idea or a great idea? <laughs> uh, wow. That's uh, uh, interesting strategy. And believe it or not, a video went up today <laughs> ahead of the embargo from a European outlet showing almost it almost looked like a teaser of their review because it was three minutes long had driving footage and static b-roll type panning shots no words so they didn't say anything they just put up shots of the car you could hear the engine um and then it was down real quick you know jeff you could do a whole podcast just on embargoes the history of embargoes i think we should embargoes the best broken embargoes in the history of the universe uh you said you're retired you might have a new gig you might be the third the new co-host of the podcast (laughs) that would be awesome but But i I like ferrari doing this because this is 
this is just blitheringly stupid. And it's, it's like, it's just going, hey, hey, give us like 30 gazillion million right. trillion dollars. Because no auto journalist. And they would say that money grand. too. because They to would them, say that because yeah. it's Ferrari. And one, they don't really need to do damage control because, you know, their cars are pretty much well liked by a lot of people. And, and no, and nobody who's buying a La Ferrari is going to be like, well, I saw the review right. on Hooniverse. Not that we'll ever get a Ferrari press car. I saw the review on Hooniverse. And <laughs> he said the downshift times weren't quick enough. Come on. The guy who. These cars have been sold for probably two years. At What's, least. What's Ferrari gonna do next? Like charge, fine you like ten thousand dollars via Instagram of La Ferrari on a press trip with the caption "Today's Office" or something? Yeah, I know. Today's Office. Next? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, if you, if you complain about the buffet, then that's gonna be a hundred dollars out of your pocket uh, on we the should, spot. We should do a parody "Today's Office" either Twitter or Instagram account that just the most ridiculous. Just retweet journal- people going journalist cliches. Office. That's like genius. a shot looking down at your free Pelotes. Oh, today's office. You know, walk a mile in my shoes. Tough day in the office. <laughs> yes. Oh, I spilled shrimp on my Pelotes. Uh, but that's yeah. So All right, that sounds like a plan. I, I, it'd be interesting. I don't think Ferrari's going to do anything to this one outlet because they didn't say anything. So there wasn't a review, and and footage of the car already exists. But I do think it's insane of an automaker to say, "Oh, we will find you." And breaking embargoes, if you've agreed to an embargo, is stupid. But putting a figure on it is actually it's very Ferrari, so it, it makes total sense. Speaking of other... Kurt, Kurt is smiling like he, he knows more <laughs> he likes the idea, which he does. No, it just, it's just, just thinking anything. about a, a career of embargoes and broken embargoes and the role of embargoes. How frustrating, and, it, how frustrating was it when someone would break them? Or did it depend on the embargo? Well, it's very frustrating. And I had my ass chewed out severely by our executive management several times when... Uh, I, there was very few times in my career when someone maliciously, intentionally broke an embargo sure. to get the jump on the story. Uh, but a lot of dumb mistakes were made, and sometimes it was hard to determine was it really an honest mistake or was it a calculated Mistake, like, so they could have an advantage. Almost like Auto Week revealing the 2015 Mustang early, right? I'm sorry, my thoughts on this are embargoed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so it, it, embargoes serve a purpose, right? It levels the playing field, especially in the old days when there were the buff books and there were the short lead media, and you had to have embargoes to to level the playing field. And embargoes still serve an important. Uh, purpose for journalists. Yeah. And the purpose of embargoes is really to, in my opinion, is is to level the playing field for yes. the media. I, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, especially in this day of instant information, if I'm on if I'm on wave three and there's no embargo, somebody yeah. story on wave one, you're screwed. That could you're, influence you're, your you're, own you're, opinion. You're, you're, you're old toast. I've just lost all the search traffic. You, the, you, all you, you're stuff. old toast. So right. you have to have embargoes. And I've and I've finally learned the power of of. Being on time because you know we had one of our videos take off because we we attended the launch of the 2015 STI and I got my video edited and shot and done right as the time the embargo launched and I put it out there and it shows so high in the in the search results and, and so the the difference is huge for us online so it, it absolutely like you says it, it leveled the playing field back then it still levels the playing field with with new forms even more of media. so today because of the internet. Right. Yeah, right. I, I think you're exactly right, right. Uh, Blake. I think uh, it actually serves a more important role now than it did 10 years ago. Now, I, I had one more tidbit of new car news, even though we're starting to dive into your career, which is going to be far more interesting. But I will, since it's a bullet point, I feel like I have to hit it. Uh, B 
BMW i8 reviews are coming out, another yeah. round of them. And two journalists who uh, I uh, – well, one of them's a friend. One of them I, I know. He's a nice enough guy. I don't know him. <laughs> Jeff no. hates him. No, no, no. Not at all. It's Dan Neal and Johnny Lieberman. Um, uh, recently said the BMW i8 is the best handling BMW ever. Is that not? Are you, are you sure that's? Are you sure that wasn't a broken embargo to get more page views? Uh, the BMW i8 is it. better than the BMW 2002 TII forever and ever. Okay, Chris has something to say. Don't touch it though, because the cable might break. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually just spent the last couple of days with Dan and Chris Harris, and the things, the kind things they had to be said about these cars could not, you know, be summed up in, in, in just their reviews. They are Over revolutions the for sporting vehicles in hybrids. Interesting. Um, both well, of them had nothing I mean, calling this the best handling BMW ever, though, I know it's a bold statement is a good to get some eyeballs, but, you know, because they said it's essentially mid-engined, uh, low to the ground, low center of gravity, uh, you know, no oversteer, no understeer, just super neutral. That's pretty crazy because if one thing, at least what BMW used to do, is make good handling cars. Um, I keep digging my BMW grave, that's but oh true. well, I'm gonna lay in it, lie in it. Um, that's, I mean, that seems crazy talk. Have you have you had any experience with the car, Blake? I've seen a lot of them I've on the seen road, a lot of them. but no, this actually kind of makes sense because you know you get the good packaging where you put all the battery packs in the middle and you put them low to the ground, right? And that'll make any car handle better. The Chevy Volt so, handles well. The hand, Chevy Volt handles well. The Chevy Spark apparently is really good. I haven't driven it yet, but I like the Fit EV. That's a great car. Even <laughs> until you got me, stranded a little, a little in slower, it, a little slower. Until you got stranded in it. That was you can my tell fault. them no, now. It was, you, it's you true. I, I was stranded in it, but it was my fault and not the car's fault. The car did what it should. You, don't you have ran to, out of range. You don't I ran have out of range. to say this anymore, Blake. You don't have to <laughs> I know, do this. I know. Well, that's not the car's well, fault. Well, no, it's, I, exactly, because I like the car anyway, and then Jeff came by in a Challenger and did a, did did a, a nasty-ass burnout. burnout. I, right I dropped him off in a Challenger and did a burnout. It was pretty sweet. But, you know, it's a great photo. It is a great photo. It is an awesome photo. Well, you know, Dan is a very impressive writer, in my opinion. He's an outstanding writer, and he loves to have a lot of superlatives when he writes and there's when he fl- speaks. There's flourish. There's flourish. And yes, and when he speaks, he too. speaks with flourish, and he writes with flourish. Yes, and he's a he's damn good. great writer. He is. I and, agree. And uh, but he's also quite opinionated. Yes. And I like the guy. I think yeah. he's a hell of a hell of a reporter. Yeah, every time I've met him, he's, he's been a very nice guy. So. And Johnny likes to troll the internet. <laughs> well, Johnny, Johnny can't help it. He attracts it. I, and I like John. Johnny's a good writer too. Um, but enough about new car news. Uh, I want to dive into your amazing career, if we can. You, you sure you don't want to stay with new car news? Is probably a lot more interesting. No, we can ask you I about disagree. New Honda news. <laughs> I disagree because you basically created PR for Honda. You basically you were there when Acura came to life. So I mean, you've been there for the launch of some amazing vehicles, and you were there in an, a time within the company when uh, it was becoming an important part of the United States automotive scene. Period. Um, and you were plus, basically yeah. you. You I was told that you were the Michael Keaton character in the what was that old movie? Gung Ho. Yeah, Gung Ho. <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is the 80s, too, the 70s and the 80s. We hear a lot of stories about how auto journalism was so drastically different back then. And it just seems oh, like a big yes. free-for-all. You know, for one good example is the car and driver Baja California story, which is still one of my favorite That's, uh, stories. Um, it's, well, you know that one, right? 
No. It's it, the one where they drove about like 12 this, cars to the desert in California and then – no, Baja, California, Mexico. So like one car hit a cow. Another car got flooded. They had to bribe the federal um, rallies. Brock Yates got arrested. What's the se- the senior Mandel? Leon. Leon Mandel. In his book, he, he took – was on a press launch for the Mustang 2. He and the other journalists decided to go over the border and drive it in Mexico. So, so yeah, they used to do cool stuff like that. That's yeah. what I thought you were talking about for a second. Um, that's a good book, too. I haven't read that book. Um, which Probably I should. the title, and I, so I can't plug it right now, unfortunately. Uh, we'll have to talk at some point in time about is, fun, is it, fun press yeah. trips. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but even back in the day, you probably launched the, you know, the CVCC in... Acapulco, just because you could back then. <laughs> and now it's like, no, we're going to do a one-day media drive-in in Scottsdale, and it's 105 out. Enjoy the Civic Si. We don't want to see it. Oh, hey, hey, we can't complain about modern press trips too much, even if they do take a, a lot of them do I take know. place in Scottsdale. I would never complain and, about modern And trips. USA Today's article on Kurt, on you, Kurt, mentions that you went to Saint-Tropez and Iceland and all these places. Yeah, well, we, I didn't go to Iceland, uh, but uh, we went to Saint-Tropez, we went to Belize. Uh, Belize? Uh, we, Belize was probably my favorite. What did you launch in Belize? The original Acura MDX. Wow. And I had been down there 10 years earlier chartering a sailboat. And uh, then when it got time to launch the Acura MDX, we wanted to go to someplace unique and different. And we didn't want to just do another Arizona launch. What year was that? Oh, was it like 01, right? Probably early 90s, like 98. No, late 90s, like 98. I think. Yeah, yeah, 98 and 99. Camille has one. And... Uh, so we were knocking around, where would be a cool place to launch the new MDX? And I thought, God, maybe, maybe Belize would be cool. It's got a great jungle. It's, it, it's, it's, it's just a cool place. So we flew down there on a scouting trip, and we got the same uh, guide that we had when we were on down your there vacation. 10 years earlier. And uh, we decided this is great to do the long lead. And I came back to American Honda, and our executive vice president said, you want to take the press to Belize, to Central America? This car was developed, Kurt, right here in North America. <laughs> I want you to have the long lead in Ohio. Right. And I said, we need to go to a place where th- there's some great photographic opportunities. We want the magazines to really have a lot of great opportunity to photograph this car in a cool environment. Because if they have great photographs, they're going to run more photographs. Yeah. And oh, he... he <laughs> That was a tough sell, and and uh, so I think I had to actually quantify for him how many covers and oh number of pages I might get from the magazines. So I I developed a nice PowerPoint presentation and and showed it to him, and he said yes. So uh, we flew the journalists down to Belize, and what's it, it like logistically to get the cars there? We flew them down. Really? Uh, In a a charter plane. How uh, many cars? About eight. Okay. And uh, it was a big deal in Belize. Uh, Our guide, uh, I guess the Belizean government had heard we were coming to Belize, and they wanted to join our welcoming cocktail party. So the the president of Belize came, the finance minister came, and all these guys. It was wonderful. That's awesome. And uh, we started uh, in Belize City, and then we drove all these cool back roads, and we took the the journalists spelunking in these caves. Oh, that's These were not caves that were open to the public. This was a hole in the ground. And 
uh, the journalists that were on that trip will remember this very well. We went down into these holes in the ground and found 5,000-year-old Mayan pottery. Oh, come untouched. on. <laughs> I, I have photographs of Wait. Un, untouched Mayan pottery in these huge... Did they, did they leave it there, or did you guys discover it? No, it, it, the locals knew about okay. it, and no one had touched these. And there were maybe a dozen of them, big pots, three feet in diameter. And they were all cracked. I mean, if you touched it and tried it to would move it, go to dust. It, it would go to dust. Is this a press trip or an Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> it was just like an Indiana Jones movie. That's it, so awesome. It was uh, ab- absolutely critical. We absolutely uh, did some Indiana Jones things. For instance, to get to some ruins, we had to put the MDXs on a hand-cranked barge. <laughs> And crank it across a river and put down two by twelves and drive the MDX on the ground and it took eight trips to get all the MDXs across the river. Oh, and we walked around all these cool ruins and we stayed at Francis Ford Coppola's resort uh, in the jungle. That's it was so just awesome. It was such an awesome trip. And then it uh, became the most dangerous game. Right. Uh, and um, and the. The photographs that were shot at that trip were used for years and I years bet. because there were such cool Even shots. Even when you refreshed, you're like, no, 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 use the old photos. You, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what? <laughs> I'm going to go home and go on a Honda News you know, press, uh, press site and look, you're gonna at look these for the archives. Photos. Yeah, yeah. And the historical archives. Yeah. Because um, Honda has really good archive of photos. Uh, well, good. And uh, <laughs> it was an amazing trip. So I was, my next question was going to be what was your greatest launch event? Is that it? Or do you have something else? Oh, going out? to Saint Tropez was pretty nice for the S two thousand, and that was oh, a, glo- a global perfect. a global launch. And we had Honda Motor Europe that wanted to use these same S two thousands. Honda Japan and U S uh, uh, American. So Honda. everybody was basically saying, "Please don't crash these cars." Please yes, don't crash exactly. These cars. And there were like nine cars, and we were the first wave, wave fortunately. Wave, wave. So we got the freshest cars. Were, were there any incidents like your wave or after your wave? I don't know. I'm sure for the European wave because the European wave oh, probably God, I, had I 160 journalists from. Italy and France and Belgium and everywhere. Well, I hear uh, when you bring those guys to the states, they they speed limits don't exist because they don't care. They just yeah. go back home and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we went to Saint Tropez. We did the uh, uh, press launch, and the roads in southern France are nothing short of spectacular. Absolutely beautiful driving roads, high speed, billiard board smooth, just phenomenal roads. And we took over this just totally fabulous hotel. Took the whole place over. It was a little boutique hotel. And um, at the end of the press trip, ironically, Honda Auto Sales had chartered a Windstar boat, one of these 300-foot Windstar Cruises boats, (laughs) for a dealer trip. And they were going to be in Nice, France. So we brought our journalists to Nice, France, because Dick Colliver, the head of, of Honda Auto Sales, said, yeah, we got, we got, we got 25 spare rooms on the boat because we, <laughs> we chartered the whole boat. So we put the journalists on this, and we sailed to Monaco oh. and then went to the F1 no, race. No, I knew you were going to say that. Oh. And went to the F1 race. What year was that? Not 2001. Two, it was 2000. 2000, okay. And... Um, uh, That's so it, awesome. So we, that was a really wonderful trip. 
Oh, that's a good one. That's a really there are really more, good but one. but those are probably my two favorite. Yeah. Uh, I have S2000 a, in France and MDX and Belize. Not to take too much time away from you, but I have a really good uh, press trip story with Honda. It's not a story, but it's my favorite. One of my favorite press trips, and it was uh, Austin just this past year with uh, for Accord Hybrid. And so we flew into San Antonio, drove all these hill country roads up uh, to Austin, and then we were the last wave, so we were sticking around for ACL. So we got to do the Honda stage at ACL, and it was fantastic. Wait, what's that? ACL, Austin City Limits, the music festival. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it was just uh, three straight days of uh, music festivals. Incredible. Well, I like that in between. So they copied. You know, I we it was basically that. I did a press trip, but on a smaller Austin scale. Right. Ten years ago, so oh, really? they just probably dug out our old file. Oh, what was the what was the press trip in Austin then? Uh, Acura, for oh, uh, hmm, <laughs> a TL. Okay, nice. Do now, you guys go tubing? Tubing no. down the river? No, <laughs> you. Uh, You've been around for some important vehicles. Um, what was the internal buzz like before you launched the NSX at the Chicago Auto Show? You had to be excited. We had to be so excited. Uh, the inter- internal buzz was pretty high, but not a lot of people in the company had seen it yet. Yeah. So there wasn't a massive amount of buzz. The buzz from the show... Uh, of all the press conferences I've done, that was one of the funnest. Uh, introducing the NSX in 89 Chicago Auto Show. We were at the Drake Hotel in this dinky little uh, conference room where we had uh, Mr. Kume, the president of Honda, uh, on stage to unveil it. And um, the press literally were crawling on their elbows trying to slide up closer to the car to get a better photograph. And it was an amazing uh, press conference. To Blake and I, that's, I think, our most favorite auto show, right? 1989 Chicago Auto Show. show because that- it was also MX-5, Miata. Yeah. It was, um, it was the NSX. It was Nissan the Lexus LS400. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, some amazing Japanese vehicles came to light. And if you're an enthusiast at all, you should know about the 1989 Chicago Auto Show. Also the Nissan 300ZX. I also just love the Chicago Auto Show because there's not a lot of corporate riffraff at that. Detroit is is a, an industry. I love Detroit Auto Show, but Detroit Auto Show is more than an auto show. It is an industry extravaganza. It is. In every product planner, in every VP, in every uh, advertising agency geek finds a way into the yeah. Detroit Auto Show. Well, my, my hope is that next year's Chicago Auto Show signals a return to glory for the Chicago Auto Show because it's kind of been dead. Uh, for a while, it was the truck show, and even that's kind of faded because I want to see Acura bring a production 2015 NSX or tw- whatever. the, And then I want Mazda to show the ND Miata. And bring Chicago back to this. And wouldn't it be great? It'd be amazing. Wouldn't it be great to re- for Acura to relaunch the NSX at the Chicago Auto Show? Yes, and because Mazda had that opportunity this year. Well, but, but next couldn't... year is um, is a big anniversary date though, too, right? Or no? Is this fit? What? No. This, this um, do you want me is... to tell you guys all the details yeah, on the new do. NSX? Yes, of course yeah. we do. Uh, we're probably running short yeah, on time. Right? Anyway. No, we've got thirty-three. Oh, minutes. that's all, folks. We've got to <laughs> actually go. Uh... And we we'll make this thing six hours if you told us those details. Um, <laughs> they will listen. Our oh, audience will everybody listen. will listen. They'll um, take notes too. Now, did you get to work with Senna at all during that the time of that car? No, I didn't work with Senna. I, I actually. Uh, 
emceed uh, uh, his appearance at the Phoenix Grand Prix in 89 and 90. And I brought him over to our dealer suite, and I did a Q&A with Senna uh, in front of our dealers, asking him about the race and his racing strategy. And that was the first time I had met him face-to-face. Uh, I had no opportunity to meet him when he was involved with the development of the NSX. Was he wearing loafers? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, uh, uh, he, he's, he was an amazing man, just yeah. an amazing guy. Very soft handshake. Yeah. Uh, almost like he's protecting his his hands. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's but, funny. Uh, such a, a great guy. Now, speaking of motorsports, you helped champion Honda's uh, indie efforts, right? Or uh... yes, well, p- part of it from the communication and, and dealer aspect. Okay. Uh, uh, I remember Tom Elliott, and Tom Elliott was really the father of our indie racing activity at Honda because Tom had kind of an unofficial racing team through Comtech and Parker Johnstone and, and Doug Peterson racing CRXs and uh, Integras and so forth. And finally, Honda decided it wanted to go indie racing. And Tom really was the founder of Honda Performance Development and got that started. And, and we uh, showed the... Uh, uh, prototype of our chassis and engine at the uh, Detroit show in 93, I think. And um, then our first race was in 94, and I had to go out and buy a motorhome and <laughs> get get catering staff and uh, figure out <laughs> indie racing. Man. I had yeah. to hire PR people that knew about racing. And, and uh, of course, our first year was just a dismal failure with the, <laughs> the iron block engines, oh, and yeah. we didn't qualify for the first year indie. And oh, yeah, you guys was... have come a long way for, for in the indie world. To say the least. Yeah, yeah. We just had uh, uh, Justin Wilson on, and I, I believe his car runs a uh, Honda Motor right yes. now, and um, he could potentially, hopefully, does well at at, at Indy, uh, the five hundred, and puts a Honda Motor on the podium for you guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's you and GM just kind of going back and forth right now, and it seems like you're both having strong, strong times. But I mean, Honda has now become synonymous with Indy, and, and it, it was and it's Honda's, fun because it's Honda's right in our backyard here with Long Beach every year. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Honda's performance when it was the sole supplier was nothing short of phenomenal. I think they went five Indies without one single engine failure. That, that's quite a testimony to the engines. Absolutely. And, uh, what, they all got built at uh, Honda Performance Development in Santa Clarita. And then the GM ones came back and the keys started falling out of the cars and they had issues with the ignition. Cheap shot. <laughs> I know, right? Sure. Sorry, Cheap GM. shot. <laughs> um, now, would you say that the 2000 Honda Civic I is the greatest Civic ever made? Civic SI? Yeah. 2000 SI. Should be no hesitation here. It, it's a pretty it's easy a damn fine. Yes. It's a damn fine automobile. <laughs> just, just not Jeff's damn uh, fine example. Hey, mine's coming back to life. <laughs> I don't know. I have a soft spot for the NSX Type R. Well, that, which was never a, sold no, no, in no, the no, US. Specifically, the Civic. The best. I'm saying the 2000 SI is the best Civic. Yes. Thank you. Uh, validation. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. There's tons of cars that we don't get that would. You know, we can go into that all day yeah, long. Geez, yeah, way, you know, all the cars plane. that American Honda didn't get. Way too much playing Gran Turismo. For some reason, the Brits get some really good Civics. 
They, 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 they love, love their Mugen. Over they there. love their Mugen, Mugens, too. Mugens. Um, they do some cool stuff. Didn't... No, who built... It was uh, the van, the Odyssey. That was... Uh, that was Bisimoto. Bisimoto, And it's right. a thousand horsepower Odyssey. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. I was there when he launched that at the SEMA. <laughs> Did you see the video of He's the... A, have you had him on your show? No. Oh. We should... That's yeah, he'd be guest. a great... He'd be yeah. a great guest. Line him up. I was going to say the, the Honda lawnmower that set a world record recently. Oh, yeah, with I Top Gear. I think it went 136 gear. miles an hour? Yes. Yeah. Pretty great. There you go. So yeah, because it's what, uh, one of the few joys I have in retirement. I have a tiny California lawn. I mean, really tiny, and uh, we have a gardening service. But I won't let him mow the lawn. I bought a Honda lawnmower and I <laughs> mow the lawn. Thirty seconds? Because well, not but not thirty seconds. But it takes me about six minutes to mow the whole yard. <laughs> nice. But there's some sort of joy that I get. Maybe it's my Wisconsin upbringing. Oh, of, if I had a lawn, I'd absolutely have a lawn. I, I really yeah. like mowing the lawn, and I would tune it because I'm an idiot. My, my um, I would I do to, things to it. I had to mow the lawn in my parents' house when I was growing up, obviously. And you know, we had the biggest lawn in our neighborhood. It was just triangle shaped, and just, we just had this massive expanse of my. My parents would never buy a riding lawnmower. We always had to use a push mower, and it would take me an hour to mow the backyard. And then halfway through, I'd have to stop and take like a water break. But that's why you're so strong now. Ugh, I'm a man. So such man. a strong guy. Um, now, are there any products that you're missing that you're you're you wish you could be a part of going forward? Nothing that we don't know that's coming. But I mean, obviously, NSX is is an easy one. Um, uh, you know, sure, I, 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 I would love to be on the Roadster development team. I'd like to see the return of the S2000. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, Honda's got a lot of surprises up their sleeves. So enthusiasts who maybe feel like Honda's uh, not had quite the exact car for their needs, uh, just just sit tight because uh, Honda still knows where its roots are and, and that uh, em- enthusiasts are really a critical part of our 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 history and our roots and and the kind of buyers that we want in the Down brand. Here in one, of the, one of the um, and and we were talking about this before the podcast, but there are a few hidden gems in the lineup. If you look, uh, one I mentioned earlier is the Acura TL with the SHL wheel drive, three hundred five horsepower, six speed manual. But another one is the new Accord Coupe with the uh, the the V six and, and, and the, the stick. stick. The, if that thing had rear wheel drive, people would compare it to the Mustang. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, absolutely. And- that that manual transmission is still world class. Well, it's, incredible. it's a Honda gearbox. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, Honda manual gearboxes are still. When I drive, I, I always feel bad when I my when I neglect my Civic because I've had a string of press cars or or whatever for whatever reason. So, but when I get into that car, and I could have just gotten out of something exotic or expensive or insanely powerful, I get into that car, I get on it, and it brings a smile to my face every time. It's, you know, it's, a really fun car, Jeff, also that will bring a smile to your face if you ever get a chance to drive an 84 or 85 CRX SI. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. And it, it, that car will just immediately... I got to talk to Stephen Ewing from Autoblog. I wonder if he still has his CRX. He had a really nice one. Next time I'm in Detroit, they're really fun. I got to get that car. Yeah. Or if anybody listening wants me to drive their CRX, email me at jeff at hooniverse.com, and I'd be happy to. Um, I, I actually assume a lot of our readers do have CRXs. It's so. possible. But I, speaking of what we've been driving, um, Blake, you pulled up in something pretty awesome today. I pulled up on. <laughs> 
to quote regular car reviews, I pulled up and not a car. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it it my I I've got my Moto Guzzi, ladies and gentlemen. My Moto Guzzi V7 Special has finally been delivered to me today, and I've already put seventy miles on it. Is it is it yours? It is mine. Oh, wait, I paid actual it? American dollars. Oh, I thought for it was it. a press bike. I didn't know you bought that. No, I mean that's awesome. It's yeah, retail. I Congratulations. Yeah, I, I paid actual. It's gorgeous. A journalist putting his money where his mouth is. Exactly. Maybe I'll buy a brown has manual it, diesel wagon um, next. Has it broken yet? No. Although it always, what I love about this bike is that it sounds just as janky as my '76 Honda CB 550. <laughs> every time you come to a stoplight, are you worried? <laughs> yes, I really am. It's it's wonderful, and every time I rev the engine, the thing just pulls to the right. It's wonderful, and it sounds awesome. It sounds bitching. You get you like really get on the throttle and it just goes where it's kind of like like you kind of lug the engine for a bit and it just goes and it just sounds like a. It sounds like a Harley mixed with a cement truck. It's wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's got tons of torque on it too. And it, you can what, actually, what kind of motor does it have? I don't. A, so you know, I don't seven, know bikes. It's so. a 744 V twin, but it's mounted transversely. So you got these two giant cylinder heads sticking out of the sides, which means valve jobs are really easy. And um, it just goes all the way straight back to a shaft drive. It's wonderful. Wow. Air cooled. 744. Yeah. So it's no yeah. slouch. It's it's no slouch. It's it's got 50 horsepower, and a lot of people say it's. Eh, so it's whatever, like a it's, it's like wonderful. an Italian Bonneville. It's but a bigger? exactly an Italian bomb. No, it's lighter. It's 390 pounds wet, which is about 100, 105 pounds lighter than a Bonneville. I see. I have a dirty mind. I was just about to about to make a really gross joke, but I'm gross. not going to do it. So Grow keep up. going. Grow up. Anyway, it's, it's a gorgeous bike. It's wonderful. I think it's cool. I can't wait to start ripping parts off it and putting cooler parts on it. I'm sure you'll have to soon. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, like cool parts, not just stock right. parts. Because I get a two-year unlimited mileage warranty with it. Wow. Yeah, and a one-year free roadside assistance. Well, I have that number and speed dial. Good for you. I'm, I'm very <laughs> yeah. happy that you bought a new bike. That's it's awesome. Cool. Hopefully you don't hate it like you did your Honda for after a while. Yeah, Didn't you well, want to just get rid of that? That was also because I put it together myself. Oh, okay. Really. <laughs> now, uh, you also just had a Mercedes with an interesting issue. I had a Mercedes E550 Cabrio, and you know I, I picked it up. I uh, drove to my lady friend's house, and my girlfriend and I drove to the canyons at night, and it was very romantic. We got to smell Earth the ocean. Earth angel. Earth angel. <laughs> yeah. We got to... <laughs> we, we sat under the stars, you know, uh, looked, at the, looked at the stars and everything, and then uh, she got cold, so I put the top up, and the top wouldn't go up. Awesome. The top would not go up. The 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 uh, the rear hatch would open up like the friggin' sky dome roof, and it would just be at the ninety degree angle, and then you would just hear, <laughs> and then the top would go up. Could you so, at least get the trunk back down? I could get the trunk back okay. down. Thank God, I wasn't driving around with like a giant billboard. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have those air scarfs, so your necks were warm. Yeah, right? we actually yeah. got to road test the air scarf and the heated seats, and which is actually very effective, brilliant and for a convertible. It air really scarf. is. It really is. And like every Mercedes convertible has that, which is great. And we drove with all four windows up, and we look like huge dorks because right. <laughs> because it's my it's my philosophy that if you drive a convertible with the top down and the windows up, it's basically a faux pas like wearing socks with sandals. Yes, it's I agree. pretty awful. I agree, but it really does cut down a wind buffeting. And it's a very quiet car with the windows up, and it sounds great. It drives like when I've gotten it. I oh, I mean, it's three hundred and eighty-two horse, right? I think four hundred two. Four hundred and two. Oh yeah, my god! This car, it, it's a heavenly car to drive. It's wonderful. Four hundred and two. It looks great. in a car. You know who's going to mostly buy that car? Housewives. Yeah, in 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 uh, Arizona, Palm Springs, and Florida. Oh, I saw That's five on the four hundred five. But um, it's a great car to drive when the top works. That's insane that so, has that much power. ESI came the next day, and they um, they were able to lift the top up manually, and then they put the top up. And they're and like, they don't close it. Don't put it down. They couldn't put it down. That's So now they have the car, and I hope I can get it back because I'm planning to drive to Vegas for a Toyota press event this uh, weekend. I, um, 
I just had a convertible that cost a whole lot more than your convertible. By the way, fun Why fact. Why do you have a press event in, in Vegas? Roads are lousy in Vegas. I don't like going to Vegas. But actually, and, you know, is, some automakers have have press events in cities that they should be ashamed of. You know, they, they have press events in in Miami, you know, in Florida. All the roads. I in did a Florida. commercial van in in Miami downtown. <laughs> you Jeez. know, the roads in Florida are straight. They're perpendicular right. and they're flat. And and it's not a place for a press introduction. I've done one with. I've done one where it's a uh, Lake Mead and you drive around there and the roads there are pretty uh, pretty. Well, good. Very so the, see, the roads in Vegas are either terrible or cheater because the the route from Vegas out to Spring Mountain, those roads are glass. And so it's too smooth. So you can go one way or the other. Yeah, but also yeah, actually Vegas isn't that bad. It's, you just get out of Vegas and get up into the, the hotels. Yeah, nice. go to the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah. The last time I was there, it was for um, another. Actually, it was for Lexus, and they took over the Speedway. So that's a yeah. very good opportunity. That was there. all the this, cars. This time it's interesting because it's TRD trucks. So we get to go out in the desert and just okay, there you around, go. and that uh, should be that's, fun. Yeah, that's good. But that I don't good. like Vegas at all. I think the best part about Vegas is you know that that skyline under the rearview mirror. No, the best part is making fun of people in the airport on the way home. Well, I don't fly to Vegas because I'm not uh, I'm not a you know bourgeois. You should. It's 45 minutes. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so I just had a convertible, like I said, that was incredibly much more expensive than yours, even though that's horrible grammar. Um, I just had the Bentley Continental GT V8s. So it's it, this is essentially a heavier, louder RS7 with less doors and a convertible roof. It's the so same absolutely motor. Absolutely not like an no, because it's a four liter V8 twin turbo. Oh right, right, right. 520 horse, 500 pound feet of torque. Zero to sixty, a little over four seconds. It sounds so good. Those handle so well because well, you don't think. Well, it's heavy. It's heavy, right? But it's it's four thousand it pounds plus. Heavy. But it does have. Um, you can adjust the damping of the suspension, so you can set it into sport, and it, it there is a difference. They're very fast. Um, you also had. I mean, you noise, had the Le Mans. Though. You had the a noise. Le Mans edition. Well, that was different. That was, was that the W twelve? Yeah, I've never driven a W twelve. Well, you actually the Le Mans edition you could get in a variety. Um, oh, right. they, there was a, a different version for a different ver- a variety of car. I mean, you can get a Mulsanne Le Mans edition. That's true. Um, but this, so V8S, it's their sportier V8. The noise, though, I was blown away. It sounded better than some American muscle cars sound yeah. right now. The, it was such a good guttural noise. And it shows that if Audi uncorked their V8s a little bit, because they're so conservative with their exhaust notes, they can make that same sound. That's, uh, everyone's just fighting for the same thing Jaguar's doing right now. Just oh. ridiculous exhaust notes yeah. in luxury cars. No one's touching because because luxury cars right aren't obnoxious enough, right? No. Um, yeah. No one has touched the Jag and in- the, the V8, the, the F-Type. Oh. That exhaust note is the best. I have not heard it. Oh I got pulled God. over in Santa Monica The car is once. gorgeous. So, <laughs> I got pulled over in Santa Monica once because it was too loud. And you had someone yell at you, right? Oh, some yeah, lady? Some, some, some lady was telling me to like slow down because you had to make a phone call. And he's probably going driving. 30. And I, I, I went up to 30 miles an hour, but just like uncorked. So you want to talk about an uh, automaker picking the right roads? I did the, the convertible launch in Seattle. Leaving Seattle, we, ha- we put probably 270 miles on that car in the morning before getting to a racetrack. But on the way out to the first driver change, I went through three tunnels. That was brilliant of that. That's great. <laughs> because the noise, oh my God, that also, is the best sound of Didn't you fly back in float planes and seaplanes? Yeah, we did float planes from the racetrack area back to downtown See, Seattle. that is Indiana that was Jones, pretty, and that's, awesome. I'm super jealous of that. It was pretty awesome. That was um, great. But the other vehicle I have out front is, so I've been fortunate lately, I've had a string of, Pretty impressive, sporty or luxurious cars. I have my first truck 
in a long time, and it's yeah, good to be in the truck again. And this truck is huge. That thing took up the entire of Chris's driveway. It takes up a whole lane on the highway. Yeah. It's a 2015 GMC Sierra 2500 HD Denali. Wildly it Denali. Denali? It's, it's a yes. It's the GMC Sierra Denali 2500. So it's HD. the Bentley Mulsanne of trucks. Sixty four thousand dollars. Oh my god, that's wonderful. It's like an Escalade it's a inside. Big it's so huge. Great. And it's not even a dually. It's huge. I, I'm going down the highway, and the fun thing is my mirrors are taller than all the other full-size trucks. I'm, I'm the biggest truck out there. The engine, 6.6-liter Duramax, uh, turbo diesel V8, nearly 800 pound-feet of torque. What's That's the a- fuel economy? I've, uh, it's actually pretty good. Because um, it has a big tank, I <laughs> yeah. Well, I put tons of I put a lot of miles on it. I don't know exactly, and I'm just barely at like three quarters of a tank. Well, I mean, what's the your range. Instant, when I first got the truck, Reno? I believe the range said 600 miles. Nice, something absurd. Yeah. Whew. So the ta- when I fill it up, I'm gonna be. You, can you know be how dead the, you know how the, well you know how the gas the uh, tanks or the gas stations usually, usually stop at ninety nine dollars if you're paying with a credit right. card or something like that. I'm sure this is going to happen. And I'm I, I once cried. filled up a Ford Raptor and I think it went up to like a hundred twenty dollars. I've never had a gas uh, a, a filling station go over ninety nine for some reason. Maybe it's the one I go to, um, which is fine. You know, I'm not complaining. Right. Someday I'll share with you the joys of uh, of, of filling gas filling tanks. Gas I tanks. have a, I have a boat with a. 1,200 oh, well, 12, gallon uh, fuel tank. So what are you? You're 40 to 50 feet, right? Uh, yeah, 43. Okay. So how much cocaine can you fit in that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hello. Um, so that's awesome. I love boats. That's, yeah. um, and you recently took that from Costa Rica, you said, right? No, not from Costa Rica. We took it from uh, Los Angeles, King Harbor, down around Cabo San Lucas and up oh, okay. to La Paz into the oh, Sea wow. of Cortez. About 1,200 miles. And we kept the boat there for four months and, and flew back and forth to La Paz and explored the whole Sea of Cortez. That's fantastic. And um, then we brought it back. But a funny story about fueling the boat. Uh, we were in and La you pa- skippered it the whole time? Yes. Cool. Uh, uh, when dun, I went dun, to fuel dun, the boat dun, dun, to bring dun, it back, Stephen Jobs' boat was there. Oh, my goodness. This is a 260-foot boat that doesn't even look like a boat. I, I don't even know how to describe it right. it's very unboat uh, it, some people don't like it at all it's got some very unique lines it's and if, different if you google it you'll see what the boat looks Chris like is, is it like a wally power uh, boat because they it's wally, wally power that's a company out of england that builds like no 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 but the wally boat i've right. got the wally boat was in my marina oh cool so i talked to the engineer from that boat too that boat uh goes uh, 65 knots and burns 900 gallons 65 an hour. knots and it go it burns 900 gallons an hour oh but God. Stephen jobs's boat was at the fuel dock and i needed to get to the fuel dock so i had to back up and uh he had to move his stern uh, jobs. Get your shit out of my way. Docking line, so I could get to the to the fuel dock. That and, fucking and, jobs. Yeah. And you're 43. It's a Nordhaven, right? Yeah. I, it, Chris talked about it in oh. his article, so uh, that's why I know that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I I backed my stern up, my little 43, uh, <laughs> little backed 43. up to his 260 oh. foot boat. It's a pretty amazing boat. There's some there's some wild boats out there. I was on a, a, a local media press drive, driving with Shad Balch from GM in I think Chevy Cruze had just come out, and we're driving and we 
turn down the hill and pull onto PCH or whatever in Malibu when you can see the ocean. And we see the weirdest looking yacht off the coast we've ever seen. And apparently it's owned by some Russian billionaire. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was in Venice for a while. Yes. It was parked out there for a while. Uh, and we both at the same time, the PR guy and I at the same time go, what the fuck is that? At the same time, because it caught us so off guard. That's... And um, we found out, we got some stats in the boat. The Russian billionaire, apparently, uh, this boat can withstand small missile attacks. Which is necessary if you're Russian. It has two pools on it. One of the pools he can change by hitting switches to change between salt water and fresh water. Yeah, it's um, it's owned by the it's owned by the guy that owns Manchester United. Yes. I believe. I think and not like it's not Roman Abramovich. I think it is. His is it Roman? Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Either way, it's, it's it's an absurdly big, it's bigger than job. Like it's, Guinness it's World huge. Record, I think, is like second or third largest. Oh, I think his new yacht. boat is oh, the right. one that his because yeah. they these guys you know trade up all the time. Right. This is um, a completely different world. Yeah. But we're getting off. Yeah, I love boats, so I could keep going. Boats I have are cool. Fond well, memories of, of boats. Um, but uh, so getting I just back thought to of another uh, cool press intro. Well, then go you for it. You were talking about seaplanes. It was the original TL, and we did it in Whistler, Canada, and we uh, flew uh, in choppers up to a glacier and landed on a glacier and oh, yeah. played uh, snowshoe. Um, Croquet and smoke cigars and sip champagne, and then flew the helicopters down from the glacier, down the valleys, and landed in the backyard of a beautiful timber lodge and had oh a barbecued salmon for dinner. Oh, that sounds and awesome. A, and a drive for the TL through the twisty mountains that that was just drop dead gorgeous. That's awesome. It was a great, great. Great that's driving cool. experience. And I really like helicopters too, so that's. I've really never cool. been in one, and they. Sound I went terrifying. one over Niagara Falls. Um, cool. I'm actually going to Vancouver in a week. Nice. Um, Is it for my favorite a press city. trip? No or? vacation. Nice. <clears throat> Vancouver's um, really cool. I can't wait. I've never been. Uh, by the way, you said La Paz. You should suggest that to Honda as an you know, upcoming press trip. <laughs> La Paz. And a sex yeah, lunch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know lunch. how great. Yeah, the roads are okay. The and a sex launch okay. needs to be in Japan. Needs on, to be in Japan. Yeah, on the like one of the racetracks. Someplace epic. Was it Suzuka or uh, su- uh, Tuchigi? No, I wouldn't do Tuchigi track. Tuchigi track is too confining. I would go okay. to Suzuka, definitely. Um, okay. Or go to Takasu, their, uh, Honda's wintertime test facility. Go there in the summer. It's got some amazing uh, amazing roads. That'd be, that'd be Honda awesome. still owns Twin Ring Motegi, right? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, couple miscellaneous updates for our regular listeners. Uh, Blake, you were asking me about the Wombat. Right. Uh, Kurt, the Wombat is my 1984 Mercedes-Benz wagon project vehicle that we took the diesel out and we put a 5.7 liter Hemi V8 in it. Um, it's in process. It's been slow right now because the shop where it's being built, they've had a lot of other vehicles that need to get in the way and get out the door. Uh, but we actually, the transmission is now fitted in there. Great. We had to cut the sides of the tunnel. We had to peel back. If you saw the front of the car, you'd be like, oh, in front of the interior, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's never going to be back together. They cut the metal right next to the footbox. It's so close. Jeez. But the transmission fits. Nice. So the engine's in, the transit, the trans in. And the thing I was thinking Are about the other together? day. Yeah. Oh, but cool. but they're, they're just test fitted. We haven't fabricated the engine mounts yet. Right. Um, the thing I thought about the other day is I have no idea if this engine is, is works. <laughs> I bought it used out of a crash Dodge Ram. Uh, with 47,000 miles on it, so I can only hope it all works. Engine trans harness for like 2,500 bucks. Well, what side bucks. was it crashed on? So, uh, in, in the back. The bed was what was ah, destroyed. So, but 
we've never tested the engine, so it's gonna be it's gonna be funny when we fire it up and it doesn't work. Um, Civic update for those of you paying attention to the Civic. Um, the engine mounts have been ordered. The last update, the engine mounts were thrashed on that car, which we didn't know. So Haas Sport has supplied us. They gave us a really good deal on some engine mounts, so I wanted to say thank you, Haas Sport, nice. uh, for uh, handing those over. Because uh, engine mounts, I just found out, are incredibly expensive. Yes. So thank you for giving us a deal on those. And these are uh, they like you know aluminum and, and rubber and upgraded over the stock ones. Not that the stock ones were bad, Kurt, but uh, <laughs> apparently that happens on some of these Civics. Um, now, uh, Blake, you have any cool cars coming up soon? Uh, oh, speaking of expensive convertibles, I am getting an Aston Martin Vantage Volante for a weekend. The Vanquish Volante? No, Vantage. You're getting the Vantage? Vantage. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. Not everyone can get the Vantage. The little V8? Like oh, yeah. have fun with that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, anyway, that's still a nice car. Fun. Transmission, <gasps> my transmission colleague, sucks, but... My, <laughs> well, whatever. My colleagues at Auto Week have been, in Detroit have been driving a Morgan three-wheeler as well because they were able to borrow one from a guy they know. A guy they know. Uh, actually, it is a guy they know. There's a silver, and they have been obsessed with it. I just want to point out that Morgan told me my three-wheeler video was the best three-wheeler review they've ever seen. Just yes. putting that out there. You should, well, that's because I haven't read my story yet. My just quick, putting that out there, uh, and that got picked up everywhere, which is awesome. That's actually a pretty hard feat, I mean, pretty hard feat to accomplish because the Morgan three-wheeler is the greatest car made today. It's my favorite Can car Can we agree on, on that, everyone <laughs> It's here? my favorite car on the planet. It's the greatest car ever made. Um, I, I want one. Next I want to make it the Hooniverse Company car. I want one so bad. I was trying to start a Twitter campaign to convince Morgan to give Hooniverse a long-term <laughs> three-wheeler. That would be As awesome. As a joke, like tongue and like 50-50 joking, like, oh, yeah, right. And then like, but if you wanted to. I would... I would drive one to Detroit. Like I even I, did with our I would drive S7. one around the planet if they gave me that car. I even have the color scheme picked out. I want British racing green, but a satin finish British racing green with the black trim pieces, the wheels and tires, and then a Hooniverse logo in white. That's cool. I would want dark gray with uh, aluminum trim on everything. Uh, either way, it's not going to happen. No, uh, so well, hopefully, yeah. Hooniverse, someone buys my website and I can just buy one. I think my perfect garage would be my Moto Guzzi, my Miata, and my Morgan. All, all cars with M's in their names. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have a cool car coming up. I got an Audi R8 V10 Plus coming nice. soon, so that should be fun. Uh, very much looking forward to, to that. Um, every time, every time Audi says plus, I think of a Christmas story where the lady goes a plus plus plus. <laughs> That's a plus. random thing to think of, but it I'll really take is. it because I like that movie. That's a good um, movie. Kurt. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, what, I think one of these times we're going to have to get together with the mics off and do the, the inside baseball stories so we can learn which journalists are assholes because we know this is this industry is filled with self-entitled uh, – this is the most self-entitled journalist industry on the planet. Some people Today's are covering, some people are covering yes. wars, Kurt shuttling them in helicopters to have smoked salmon. Uh, and know, so if, if anybody out there listening, if a journalist ever complains about anything, tell them to shut the F up. Oh, the free snacks they gave us right. after our massages. They, they, have, they brought out the, no the shitty Pinot Noir for this launch. I mean – Come on now. You know, Jeff, can I just, I know you almost run out of time. No, we, we just, give time. Uh, uh, one thing that's part of Honda's culture that I think is part of the reason why Honda has developed such amazing cars over the years is Honda has been a risk taker. And because it was a small company, even from the early days of when Mr. Honda a race till uh, starting Acura, that was a huge risk for a company. No one had started a new car division. And this preceded and Infinity a, and Lexus. It, oh, absolutely. They followed in our, in our trail. But to start a whole new car division, uh, upscale, you know, V6 engines was unheard of. And to form a whole new dealer network, to develop the NSX. 
you know, it was a gutsy thing for the company to build motorcycles, start building motorcycles in 1979 to in the U.S. Shop in, Ohio. in Ohio, and then to follow building cars. You know, everyone said American workers are are lazy and not good and blah 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 blah. We proved them wrong. American workers are world class, yeah. and the cars that we build in Ohio, we proved. Everybody wrong that the cars we build in Ohio are, are world-class cars. But that was a big risk to build those cars and build that motorcycle plant and to start Acura Division. Sure. And um, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of more surprises from Honda down the road uh, because the, they're not done not taking risks. they got lots of risks in their back pocket. See, you're not retired yet. You're not <laughs> retired yet. It's in his blood. It's in his <laughs> yeah, blood. Yeah, it is. It you is. Know, it is. And that's why he's had an amazing career, and it's been a pleasure having you on. And I'm delighted and had a ball. Thanks. Good. Thank you so much. We're glad you had fun. Uh, Blake, uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. You know, I've been, And in print. Yeah, you know, On the I cover am, of Auto Week. I, I have a cover story on the cover of Auto Week subscription only, but you can get like a million issues for a penny these days. I think so. <laughs> you can you can probably you can probably get check out the icon story I did on Auto Week, and it's also at the website for those who declare that print is dead, like Travis Sikorsky. And actually, coming up, the reason I talked to Kurt and I talked to Tom Elliott and I talked to Ed Taylor and I talked to Rob Allen, all these retired Honda Acura guys, is because I'm working on a story about the NSX that will be coming out this week. 25th anniversary of the NSX, and it'll be something to look forward to. We're also going to do a lot of stories with Aaron Senna because Thursday, this Thursday, Thursday. Um, is the anniversary 20th. of his passing. So our motorsports, uh. our motorsports section is doing a lot of stories in depth on that. So check out Auto Week for a lot of stuff on that. My NSX great. review, I'm trying to get it done in time for Thursday, actually. Um, but Blake, tell them where you, they can find you on Twitter and all that good Twitter stuff. Twitter is BZRONG, BZRON. Um, Instagram, the same. Facebook, don't find me on Facebook. And um, <laughs> otherwise, autoweek.com. I have my cell phone number on Facebook. That's so stupid. I gotta Why change would you do that. that? I, and I friend everybody. I don't uh, friend anyone. I know. No. Um, Facebook keeps asking me for my phone, cell phone number. I'm like, no. Mark if you're Zuckerberg, listening to this, though, I'm probably not going to find Mark Zuckerberg, you. give me money, and then I'll give you my cell phone number. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's all um, for me. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow the Hooniverse at the Hooniverse. Check out our YouTube channel, which is growing. YouTube the Hooniverse. Uh, actually, wait. Are we just? We might just be Hooniverse on YouTube. No, we're the Hooniverse. Sorry, Hooniverse uh, the Hooniverse on YouTube. And then also, if you want to get your own podcast, go to ShoutEngine.com. It's continuing to grow. More and more people are using it. Um, and as we always say, if you want to get your own damn podcast, go to ShoutEngine.com. It's if you're not doing it and you want a podcast. You're just being lazy. Type it into the browser. Use your fingers. Get it done. Uh, and that was episode 57. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next week. Adios. Thank you.